Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you again on this hot summer day. Hello. Hello, good morning. (laughs) I can't believe it's almost the end of, well, it is the end of July at this point. And it seems like the summer is flying by just as quickly as the rest of the year has. Oh, yes, it has. Yes, absolutely. So today... All right. Uh, we know that every year and we, we try to as a team here talk about because we use a lot of research that comes out of Gallup. So today our, our series is going to really begin breaking down Gallup's state of the workplace report. And what we, we know about the state of the workplace report is that it's annual findings, world's largest ongoing study of an employee experience, specifically focusing on levels of engagement in the workplace. Uh, and so we talked about it last year. I'll put a link to that episode in the description below. But this year I want to talk about the new one because yeah. it just came out. There's some different numbers. There's some different language. (laughs) There's some different numbers, but numbers haven't changed all that much, you know, when you think about it from a global perspective or even a regional perspective. But you're right. Some definitions have changed. Uh Yeah. I'm, you know, we talk about how fast time flies, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we, we say, but you're the pilot. I also, after I've looked and examined this report for years, Mm-hmm. Um, over a decade, almost two decades, every year seems like it's too much. Mm. You know, when you think about taking this information, really digesting it, really applying it. Uh, and maybe I, I say that as a question more than a statement. Yeah. Um, you know, do we really have enough time to think about our programming and, you know, what's going on within our workplaces and the people that we're working with to even get anything moving mm-hmm. um, that would, you know, I guess, m- make make the needle Move. Make the move. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing I think it's important to recognize here is that um, these numbers that Gallup does, they, it starts with a very global perspective, right? And so your particular team that you work on might not necessarily um, reflect the global numbers, you know, that uh, that uh, Gallup is is has found, or even regionally, right? Because you know, they break it down into regions as well, and you know, the U.S. and Canada they consider its own region. You know, so, um, you know, as we kind of go through this, I think it's important for people out there to to recognize that just because these numbers doesn't mean that those going to be reflective of your particular organization or your particular team. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. However, they are trends. They are trends. Mm-hmm. And I think we pay enough attention to mm-hmm. these trends that we do look and wonder, how does this apply to me? Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. And why else would you look at them? Yeah. Right. right. But you would have to get everybody in the U.S. or Canada, if we wanted to move those regional numbers, right, everybody would have to kind of make an effort to do that. Um, and and I don't know if everybody does. Well, and I I think for me, one of the, and, and this kind of ties between with between both, but um, to your point with that, Ray, when I started looking at these reports, mind you, I'm just going to own it, y'all. You know me well enough to know, even though we're a research-based institution, I do my research, but I'm not a numbers person. (laughs) (laughs) Numbers are hard for me. I was a journalism major. Um, But when I I went through this and I looked back at the report, say, like four years ago and the report today, and I noticed that not only now are we just talking about that area of engagement, and we're not even calling it engagement anymore. We'll talk about that in a second. 
second. But we're now looking at the um, kind of emotional perspective of things. So talking about an emotion like anger and how daily anger is affecting engagement, daily stress, is, you know, and all of these numbers are, are pulled together in this particular study. And I never remembered it being that robust. And so it does take a lot of like, what area are we talking about here? Where would the the uh, biggest impact, I guess, uh, biggest impact, lowest lift to be if I were to focus on something? Is it in the area of engagement? Is it on emotional intelligence? Is it in the stress, you know, work-life balance? Like, where do I go? So it can be overwhelming to sit and look at. Yeah. You know, I think, what year did they start this? In 2009, they started Long the Yeah, report. I think that's right. Um, and so it is interesting to see those changes because I think we went from what a, a 12% employee engagement in 2009. And so we're up to what 23 now, I think globally. globally. Yeah. Um, so there's a slight change, but look at how, how much time it took to, to do that. Yeah. Well, and I want to talk for a minute. I mentioned a second ago that, that we've kind of changed the terminology and I have to laugh because we've done podcast episodes on this. And, you know, first it was the um, quiet quitting, quiet firing. Now I'm hearing quiet hiring. I'm like, can we just stop being quiet, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> like, And what's interesting is that Gallup took that concept and now instead of engagement, you know, being engaged or not engaged or actively disengaged, you're seeing thriving at work quiet quitting at work <laughs> or loud quitting. Right. So thriving, replacing the terminology yeah. engaged and quiet quitting, replacing the terminology not engaged. Right. And then you're right, the loud quitting, um, actively disengaged. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, I think words words matter sometimes. And so I found that to be a very interesting thing about this report that those term that terminology um, has kind of shifted and changed in this uh, 2023 report. Yeah, you were the you you recognized it first. Well, I and, and I just think that, um, you know, thriving at work and being engaged, I, I get that connection, but I'm not necessarily getting the idea that if I'm not engaged, that I'm quietly quitting. That might not necessarily, you know, from my particular point of mm. view, I don't know if I quite could e equate that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, there might be people who are not necessarily engaged, but they're not out. They're not quietly quitting. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still coming into work every day. So I think I think words matter once in a while. So I don't know. It was just an interesting thing that I that I noticed. I wonder if they're making that jump or that conclusion, um, because I noticed it mentioned that globally, I think it was 51, 52 percent of of people are actively looking for a new job. And I was like, wow, that is interesting to me. Uh, more than half of the population is, you know, on the hunt, you know, whether it's it's verbalizing that in the loud quitting piece or or quietly. So I'm wondering if that's where the jump is being made. But, you know, I could still also be engaged engaged and thriving at work and still have my resume out there and consider other yeah. job opportunities, right? Yeah. So um, I think we might be kind of careful with these numbers, but let's start with some of the numbers, right? Let's, sure. Let's give them some of the numbers. So um, in their category of thriving at work, which equates to the engaged terminology that they used last year, um, that's about 23%. Globally. 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 Mm -hmm. Globally. And then that idea of quiet quitting or what used to be termed not engaged is 59%. Mm -hmm. 
And then the loud quitting or what they called actively disengaged is 18 percent. So, you know, those are some those are some numbers to look at, you know, when you take a look at the idea of, you know, only about 23 percent would be considered thriving or engaged at work Mm -hmm. globally. That's yeah. But you know what? It's up. Yeah. So I guess I when I'm thinking about trends, I'm not necessarily looking at quite the percentage itself, mm-hmm. although the U.S. Um, thriving at work is higher than that. Yes. But how is it trending? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, is it in an upward trajectory? And the answer is yes. Um, pretty a pretty big jump from 21 to 23 uh, when you think statistically. Mm-hmm. So and what's interesting is, I yes, globally. But when we talk about here in a minute, the regional, that was one thing that popped into my my mind was we're actually seeing the opposite occur regionally with U.S. and Canada. So even though they're higher, sitting at, uh, for U.S. and Canada, 31 percent uh, versus the 23 percent globally is being engaged. In 2020, we were at 36 percent mm-hmm. engagement here in the U.S. and in Canada. And that, again, they kind of tie us together. So there's no way to, to separate those out. But that's intriguing to me that we seem to be kind of going the opposite direction regionally. What are your all's thoughts on that? However, if you take 2020 out of the mix, because how normal was mm-hmm. that year? Yeah then we're pretty consistent. Yeah. If you look at our rates from 2017 to 2023 minus the blip in 2020, mm-hmm. those trends are pretty static. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it was interesting because we, um, when we were talking about this report last year um, on the weekly workplace, you know, we were talking about um, that increase mm-hmm. um, in employee engagement in the U.S. and Canada um, because people did get to work from home, mm-hmm. right? They, they um, you know, that pandemic, we thought we would see engagement go really down, but we saw the opposite, you know, kind of slightly went up. Um, so compare Let's compare all these numbers. So if it's 23% thriving at work globally uh, in the U.S., Canada, that's 31% Mm -hmm. this year. And so for the not engaged or quiet quitting, which globally was at 59%, regionally in the U.S. and Canada, they're saying that's 52%. Mm -hmm. So that looks a little better than what the global picture looks like. Uh, But again, looking at trends. Um, And then you got the loud quitting or the actively disengaged, which is 18% globally, but regionally in the U.S. and Canada, that's 17%, according to this report. Yeah. So we're doing better than the global statistics. Um, yeah. Certainly doing better than the global statistics. And you're right, right? I guess I do. And I sit and I look at the, this trend and I'll put uh, links to all of this information in the episode description, too. But you're right. I mean, you're looking back at like from anywhere from 2000 to 2016, uh, even. Yeah. 2016. I mean, we're in that um 30 to 33 percent primarily. So, I mean, been pretty consistent in the U.S. and Canada, but just starting to see it kind of head back down. It was 32 percent last year, 31 percent this year. So, again, still good, but it does pose the question of, you know, what do I do as a leader? What do I what do I do with this information? <laughs> you know, And there are there are certain reasons, different things that uh, Gallup suggests are affecting a lot of these engagement numbers. But I think one really big piece to to note before we move into that is the low engagement costs, the global economy, $8.8 trillion, according to Gallup. That's a lot of money. (laughs) 
So let's talk about some of these reasons that Gallup says engagement might be continuing to drop. So um, the first they talk about is this idea of lack of uh, clarity of expectations. Mm-hmm. That's Boy, the we've big talked one. about yeah. that on this right. weekly workplace many times from a leadership perspective, but um, offering people fuzzy expectations where they don't really know what that is they're supposed to be accomplishing, maybe how well it's supposed to be accomplishing uh, it, or even by when it needs to be accomplished. Um, that can lead to a lot of dissatisfaction, uh, well, low engagement and mm. I would even consider you know, dissatisfaction. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the rate at which things change are, is obviously increased exponentially. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering, are we having enough conversations, yeah. you know, as, as expectations change that we know they're changing, but we're not really, uh, having conversations around them. Mm-hmm enough frequently and specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe even tying them to what I do well, you know, Uh, making sure that the expectations that a boss is setting for me are the things that um, I kind of enjoy doing. Right. That that is kind of an important factor, I think, here as well. Well, I think that leads a little bit into that lack of connection when we think Mm -hmm. one of the other pieces there, uh, why engagement's continuing to drop is a lack of connection to the mission or purpose of the company. Like, why am I showing up to work every day? What's the bigger picture here? You know, and I'm always grateful here at MTI going back to our three, you know, to inform, involve and inspire. And um, that's something I always keep on the forefront. But a lot of my friends who I've asked, like, why do you go to work every day? Oh, for the paycheck. <laughs> yeah. It's not just for the paycheck. Give yeah. me more than that. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny, you know, we get to we get to go and explore organizations and our jobs. And that's one of the funnest yes. things I love to do is to go inside an organization. But, you know, it's funny. You walk into a, a new place you've never been before and, and you see their mission and their vision on the walls and they're nicely framed. And then um, then you start asking, can you tell me what your mission or vision is? And they can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know. Know, because we we do a lot to make them look pretty in a frame and put them on the walls and, and put our flag in the ground and say this is what we're trying to do and this is what we believe in, um, but yet people can't really tell you. They just mm-hmm. kind of walk by it every day without kind of digesting what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, so then we're not tying our actions back to that, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, I had a client admit. Well, we don't we don't pay attention to that because we were working through developing a program for hmm. their leadership. And I said, well, let's start there. And they're like, oh, no, that will, we, don't, we don't even pay attention to that. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and here's the thing. OK, I mean, that's fine. Right. They, they don't promote it. They have it. It's it's more of a, a, a figure um, to them. It, you know, it's mm-hmm. on their website or whatever, but they're very clear like that's that's not who we are. That's not what we try to do. Hmm. I would just think that that misalignment would lead to a lot of confusion, a lot of ambiguity um, throughout the company. Well, it's basically saying we don't have one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how can there be misalignment if we don't even have one? If, well, because because you might have your own idea then and the person sitting next to you might have their own idea about what the mission, vision or values are. So that's what I'm saying that there could be misalignment among the, the team. I'm right. just saying that organizationally, they didn't follow the one that was on their hmm. website, that they had a different set of operating rules hmm. within. And how confusing for your clients or your customers or, yeah. you know, because... I, any new place that maybe I'm not as familiar with that I'm considering, you know, giving my business to, I might be weird, but that's probably one of the first things I do is go in and I, I 
I feel like I can get a good feel for the tone of a company or, or the, the sentiments of a company by just reading through some of that information. Um, not well, especially that. if I'm looking for a job with them. Right? Sure. You oh, know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Really important to me. Yeah. It is. It's definitely interesting. And I will say that I'm, you know, I I recognize um, and I have owned it before, but as a millennial, I mean, that is a a really important element to any um, fully satisfied or engaging work environment is a a meaningfulness. And I'm sure it's not just a millennial. I think that's across probably every generation, but really generating and spurring that sense of meaningfulness through the connection to the bigger picture of what I'm doing here. You know, another um, area that they kind of talk about here that could be contributing to this is this um, idea that there's not a lot of opportunities for employees to learn, to grow, Mm -hmm. to develop. And um, so helping um, coach them and having those talent conversations with them and maybe even sometimes those stay conversations with them. Um, And then what are we doing to help them learn and grow um, could could maybe move the needle. Mm hmm. And I love this last one. And, and Ray, Ray's going to be like, of course you do. But <laughs> the feelings piece of it. It, it is. Well, it, it is. But I wonder, here's the piece of me. So what it is, um, listeners, is another reason they, they talk about this, uh, the engagement continuing to drop is not feeling cared about at work. Mm. When I think about that and I think about the more traditional workplace and the more modern workplace and where we're at, it's like, you know, we've had discussions on on this podcast before about how things have changed and why or or what is creating this this elevated sense of needing that while you're at work versus getting it while you're at home and you know part of that is we're spending more time at work than we probably used to too i think that you could have been able to clock in clock out and go home and spend time with your family different now. We spend a lot of our waking day at work. Well, and I think that, you know, the expectations have changed over time, too, about work. So, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be with, you know, manufacturing, industrial type of economy right. that we used to have. You know, you could come in, clock in, do your work, clock out, and there's not a lot of, um, you know, just just get your job done, right? That's, that's it. But now we're asking people to get along with one another. We're asking them to solve very complex problems mm-hmm. when we didn't ask them to do that before we just asked them to put these parts together on this conveyor belt right so we're asking them to um, um, get along with other people we're asking them to innovate we're asking them to believe in what it is that we're doing I mean so many more things that we're asking our employees to do than what we used to in that old you know kind of traditional way well we're certainly measuring it yes whether it's the the right thing to measure because I look at these, these five things that Dewey you, you, and Brian mm-hmm. you just talked about, and absolutely not a single one of them is new. Right. Mm-mm. No. And so, you know, it, it's, it just makes me curious. Reasons engagement may be continuing to drop. And it, it's the same five list mm-hmm. we've seen every year. Mm-hmm. What, what, what does that bring up for you guys? That we didn't figure it out then and we still haven't figured it out now. (laughs) Well, I think another thing we can think about, though, is that this is hard, right? This is hard, but this is also the role of leadership. 
Um, and again, I got to remind everybody that we're talking about global and regional numbers. So this might not necessarily be reflected in your particular workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, you have some leaders who take a look at this and they're thinking, well, let's do something about our development or let's do something about uh, the well-being of our employees. And and they do may move the needle um, in that particular organization. But when you take a look at it from a, a big picture point of view, then you know, maybe not enough of them are doing that, you know? Yeah. That, you know, there's an interesting tension between profit production and people. Mm-hmm. And you guys have heard me say a million times, you know, people over profits. And yet we still struggle with that idea of measurement and how we rate organizations, how we choose to work for organizations. And it's, it, it's just an interesting paradigm that if we're putting people first, then profits will come, right? People are happier. They're coming to work. They feel invested. They feel cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're doing is tied to what's important to the organization. And there's alignment with their skill set and um, what it is they're being asked to do. And then naturally would naturally profits follow if you have a workforce that's bought into that. Well, you're asking the question of if you build it, they will come kind of approach. And I don't know about that, right? Because um, when I when I think about this, you know, I can only put in so many well-being programs that I can afford. So that financial picture that I, of my organization does become important to me. So it's, you know, if I really pour into the people what does that do to my bottom line? Right. And or I could do the opposite. I could pour everything into my bottom line and not really pay attention to my people. So, you know, there's this balance, I think, that probably needs to occur in some form or fashion, because, you know, if we're only looking at employee engagement as the um, marker of success, you know, that's just a skewed view because I think you have to look at your market share. I think you have to look at your employee satisfaction. I think you have to look at um, all kinds of things to determine your success. Like you said, we can measure things in many different ways. Yeah. And none of none of these things require a program, right? Communicating your expectations, tying, you know, Brianna's work to inform, involve, inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't need a program for that. You're right. Now that we've added this caveat of thrive Mm -hmm. into the measurement mix, it does give the impression that there has to be somewhat of a financial investment in those types of of programs. When we as individuals, if I was hearing you correctly, are the ones that can make a difference at that individual level. Mm Mm-hmm. There's still an element of personal responsibility. And I think, you know, that's what we were talking about before we started recording today, that space of of satisfaction versus engagement. And I, I worry, um, you know, and I think about this as a parent, frankly, you know, and, and you all as parents as well, I'm sure thought about it, too. But understanding that um, there's got to be a delicate balance between giving your kids what they might want or they think they need and setting boundaries with understanding like you don't get everything you want and uh, and recognizing that, that that's actually that sense of discipline and consequences and a sense of personal responsibility like that's important. And I think 
think even as adults, we still need that. So if you're focused as an employer too much on employee satisfaction, and I can remember one conversation about I did a training and uh, it was an organization that did uh, free candy bars in the freezer. Right. (laughs) So they had these free candy bar refrigerator freezer. And so I guess there was like one woman who would always stick her Reese's in the freezer or something. And people had come and taken her Reese's. And there became this big like issue (laughs) in the organization about her Reese's being taken out of the freezer. And what work was getting done? You know, she was so concerned about being satisfied by her Reese's that, that it really took away from the bigger picture of what we're here to do. So if you're only focused on satisfying an employee, that's very different than actually having someone who's fully engaged. Well, that's that the need for what we call a balanced scorecard. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Because, again, if I'm only focused on how satisfied my employees, I can spend a lot of money satisfying, but right. work's not going to get done. Right. right. And the same thing could happen the other way around. You know, if I'm really focused on production, 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 yet I'm not, um, you know, investing in my employees to be able to do that, <laughs> then again, that's not going necessarily going to be mm-hmm. effective either. You know, that's that's what Covey, um, Stephen Covey's that difference between production and your capacity to produce. Those those things need to kind of be in balance. Well, and are you satisfying the right people? Meaning, hmm. do you have the right people in your company? Good question. You know, I mean, <laughs> if I'm trying to satisfy somebody that doesn't even need to be here or, you know, doesn't want to be doesn't here, want to be here, isn't right for the job that I'm asking them to do, yet I'm pouring all of this energy, you know, whatever resource you want to talk about um, into trying to satisfy my my work population and they're not even the right people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of this does go back to what I've written down here is like just some management fundamentals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. management fundamentals. We've always been trying to get the right people in the right jobs. Right. Right. right? And then and clarify the expectations and coach them. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, there is that tension between structure and boundaries and tough love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do have to um, help people go be great somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. You guys have heard me say that before. And, and to everyone's benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm sitting here looking at, at these these numbers, and I'm, I'm I, I want to know how they categorize this um, best practices organizations. Like, how do we get on that list? You know, with these statistics, but they do actually have a section on here uh, when they talk about their takeaways for leaders and recognizing that when you implement some of these best practices. So, going back to how are you leading? Right, uh, it's always the manager, and that we've said yes. before. And so, thinking through how are you know what role do we play in that? But it it actually shows. In here that in 2022, I remember globally we were at 23% levels of engagement in 2022, but in for those best practice organizations, 72% of employee engagement. It's mm-hmm. so like when you're putting in the work, what they're suggesting here in Gallup is it can make a difference mm-hmm. in the levels of engagement, but I'd be very curious to find out. How do they what, define, exactly, they define exactly. those best practice kind of work? Yeah. Well, I guarantee you profits it's on that. I'm yeah. Sure. I'm sure it's yeah. a, And it's number of programs and, you know, it's, yeah. it's overall satisfaction and engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they go into those that already have or at least um, report the metrics 
that show success mm-hmm. um, in many of those different areas. Yep. Mm-hmm. But again, notice that that's a more of a balanced approach to right. it, right? Well, with our last couple of minutes here, let me ask any other big picture takeaways or just thoughts as we kind of look at this 2023 State of the Global Workforce report from Gallup? Well, I'm always at the individual level. So, you know, control what you can control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously these are trends. They're going to come out every 12 months. They're going to be, you know, nine to 10 months behind. I I like to tend to look at these in decades or half decades Mm -hmm. um, just because of the ability to shift people. A 21 year old is a very different person than a 26 year old. Absolutely. You know, even in the exact same job. So there's so much brain development that's still happening with our young population and our young workforce. So be mindful of of your domain, Mm -hmm. right? And what you actually um, can control or can influence for those leaders listening. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to probably reiterate the idea that it's usually the managers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the managers have a lot to do about, um, uh, can really impact and can really influence the level of engagement of their employees. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, Ray, getting back to some management fundamentals. Yeah. I'm going to put a good link to an article I'd found when I was doing research for this that had a good way to, to really some, some steps you can take to really kind of survey or audit your own organization's mm-hmm. employee engagement. Because again, what to your point, do you've said it a couple of times, on the show. These are global and regional statistics. So everything we're talking about doesn't mean that it's specific to your organization. But the one thing that will always remain true is there's got to be an element of energy in sustaining a level of engagement in your organization and momentum to even try and push the needle forward even even more. So don't become complacent, I guess would be my, uh, my final big takeaway there. But with that, thank you all for the hearty discussion. And again, I'll put links to everything we've referenced in the episode description. We'd love to know your thoughts on this report. So send us an email mti at missouri.edu and until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.